But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Those are the words of Jesus. Mm. And we are talking about the words of Jesus and the word of God and why we need scripture in our marriage, why we need to read it together, why it needs to be a huge part Mm. of our relationship. A huge part of our relationship? Or maybe the foundational. Okay. <laughs> the That's very, what I mean. The very roots and the foundation of our entire lives. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Of course. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But I think when you when you say being a great part of our relationship. I, I said huge. A huge part of our relationship. It's more. I think you're more saying that it's about making it a priority. And how do we specifically make it a priority and let it hold the authority that it should hold in our lives. Just busting the rhymes over there. Right? Yep. <laughs> Priority and authority. Anyway, uh, this is going to be an important conversation. And uh, I, so so often, before we go to the other side, all that kind of stuff, I think <laughs> so often we tend to turn on a marriage podcast and you're like, okay, I need something to help me now. I need something practical. I want something interesting. I want something that is entertaining. Okay. And I think right now, I hope that we're enter- we're entertaining. But honestly, the the point is that we are trying to really cast a compelling vision for why God's word is so absolutely foundational, and it is really the only foundation worth building a life and a marriage on. So this is an important episode. I hope you'll stick around, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. So whenever we're starting a podcast episode or doing a rundown here, we are always kind of just praying and like, God, what do you want us to talk about? What's on our hearts? What are the big felt needs that people are uh, responding or telling us about? And I was just like, Brian, I just want to talk about the Bible. I just want to like... Read the Bible, (laughs) exegete scripture. I just want to dive into it. And I just, I just want to read the Bible. And he's really good at like, okay, yeah, that's good. But what's the felt need? (laughs) And I'm like, the Bible, (laughs) we need the Bible. Um, So we both, and he agrees with me, obviously. And the felt need, and I don't mean to, the Bible is not a means to an end, right? God's word is an end in itself because it is God's revealed, it's how he's revealed himself to us. So We'll I just don't want, I want to be very careful to not treat the Bible as just kind of this, like, it's just something in our tool belt that we right. pull out to right. to get to a greater end. Just kind of what this whole episode is about. Too. Yes, but at the same time, yeah. okay, we realize that we are in a, we're li- you're listening to this podcast, you're investing time, and we know that to get someone to invest time and energy into going into a topic like this, we kind of need to, we need to make it clear what, yeah. what, the felt need is what we're trying to address. In this case, the Bible is good for every felt need we have. So, <laughs> Especially in marriage. Uh, so that's kind of where, where I'm coming at. So we try to find uh, the balance between those two things without sacrificing God's word. Yes. Uh, yes. So, so we're going we're gonna to get into why we need God's yeah. word, why we need to read it together, um, why we don't maybe read our Bibles together. Uh, so maybe there's some lies that we're believing in there. And then we're going to get tangible, as we always do, towards the end of how to begin reading Scripture together. If, you, if that's not something you've done or it's been a while since you've done it as a couple, there's a few fun, tangible ways to do that. But before we get started, 
Would you like to go through all our little checklist things that we do? Yeah. Because you're yeah. so good and fast at that. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, I woke up sick this morning. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm going to do my best to be on my game. But it's Selena. I'm mentioning it. I'm sorry. I have to. I'm a little bit stuffy. All right. She's she's looking at me like you're supposed to just act like it's not happening. You know what? We live transparently here. Quit trying to quit trying to put me under a rock. <laughs> okay, housekeeping. First off, we launched Fierce Parenting last week. Oh baby. And man, I've been so encouraged by the response we had. I mean, thousands of people crazy. have have jumped on board with that. I mean, just on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter and through the email. Um, uh, it's an email list, but really it's a it's a way for us to ask people what you care about. Um, if you're wondering about that, you go to fierceparenting.com. There's a little form there. But, man, it's been so cool to see and how people have rallied around it. This really is something that... I think God is going to use. Absolutely. And I feel like this is going to be much more of a collaborative effort. When we started Fierce yeah. Marriage, it was kind of just us. And we're, and, and we're like, okay, okay, God, use it how you want to, which we still are like that. But I think because we're not, you know, seasoned and experienced, we're not empty nesters or anything like that. We're going to, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for other voices to kind of speak into. Yeah. No, I think, that's a, this I think that's a really good uh, point. And so anyway, if you haven't heard or if you're just hearing now, Fierce Parenting is a thing. So make sure you find us on all the socials that you're on. Well, just Instagram, Facebook and Twitter mm. and uh, go to FierceParenting.com to fill that uh, that form out. We would greatly appreciate it. Anyway, we're really excited. Um, other housekeeping, I'll make it fast. Patreon, thank you so much for all you patrons. You've made this possible. Mm. We don't have any ads and we also can you know, have our podcasts edited and transcribed and we can schedule interviews and all that kind of stuff because our patrons. So thank yeah. you so much. Uh, if you're a patron, we really appreciate you. If you want to become one, we ask two things. You pray about it. And then if God leads you, that you would act on that and um, join join us. And mm -hmm. so the way you do that is you go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage, all one word. And you can choose any any level of start $2 a month on up, just depending on how, however God leads you. Um, and then leave a rating and review on iTunes if you haven't yet. That helps a ton. And then if you have a question, go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast or call or text this number, 971-333-1120. Well, we are going to talk about scripture, its importance, <clears throat> God's word, its importance and foundation for our marriage, um, why we need to read it. And you may want to blow through this, but I'm going to encourage you not to because this is where we're diving into the beliefs and getting foundational Sometimes we're we're like, why are we fighting? We're fighting over these things, and there's just kind of this underlying discontentment. When really there's some roots that are kind of they haven't been tended to, right in our in our marriage. And so the hope of this again, this episode is to help us dive into scripture, understand its importance, its relevancy, its why it's it's again the foundation and should be the center of our marriage well god is the center in the gospel obviously but this it's god's word it's his very words from his mouth and if jesus in matthew 4 was saying it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of god then how can we we can't ignore that um as as bible believing christians as as gospel saved and all the things. Yeah. Um, and I mean, understanding that context too, Jesus has been fasting, was out in the desert for 40 days, 40 nights. He was hungry and the enemy was saying, hey, just eat this. Here's this little thing for you. And he's like, no, man's, man shall not live by bread alone. So in a time of actual deep hunger and need, this fleshly feelings and, and things that he was going through, um, he was still standing on God's word. He was still saying, this is not what I live by. I'm not going to be tempted 
by you or by these feelings, but I'm going to stand and believe mm. steadfastly and say this message, fulfill prophecy, and we're going to we're going to live on every word that comes from God's mouth. That's good. Um, so, what is it? Okay, what, let's just. I know we have an outline, but what is God's word itself? And I want to take a minute to just talk through that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do we mean by the Bible? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is uh, and how do we know it's inspired? Obviously, man, these topics are huge. But um, just quickly, like we, the Bible is sixty-six books. Um, it's the Old Testament and the New, the Christian Bible, right? We're not talking about the apocryphal works or any sort of extra biblical texts that have been added in the last couple of hundred years or so, because there are some of those. We don't consider those scripture uh, in any way, but the Bible is scripture. Now, how do we know it's scripture? Mm-hmm. It's a big topic. We know, um, obviously, there's the the ancient texts in the Old Testament, and those have been confirmed over and over again. There's many manuscripts that have been um there's uh, literary critics that go through and make sure that they're they're true, mm-hmm. um, but they also they they are self affirming, right? And, and that's the Old Testament. And then the old the New Testament, um, the New Testament we have uh, basically as handed down through apostolic authority, and it's self um, it's self attesting as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it will never contradict itself. It's a fulfillment of Scripture. It doesn't contradict uh, the Old Testament. Doesn't contradict uh, like we said itself or other books within the New Testament. And so that is what we consider the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and we believe the canon is closed, meaning that there's nothing else being added or taken away from it. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. It is the time of God revealing himself through his word is done. And now we have his word, mm-hmm. right? There was a time th- before the Bible when, when the people of God did not have the full re- revealed word of God. And that is covered in a area of theology called biblical theology, where you're basically looking at how... How is it unfolding as history goes on? And now we get to sit kind of at the end of that saying, okay, here, we've seen the full revelation unfold before our eyes. We now have the full revelation. Now we look at it more systematically, which is where we get systematic theology. Now, obviously, there's a lot of nuance to all this biblical theology, systematic theology. I'm not doing it justice and describing it here, but basically, uh, I just want to paint a broad picture of what all of this could mean for us as we study the Bible um, as couples. Now, in terms of the role it plays in our lives, it has to be authoritative. And Mm -hmm. so you were talking about this uh, with Jesus saying, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Um, the Bi- the Bible tells us how to live. We don't tell it how to be read, right? Right. We let it read us. Yeah. And I think that's the marker of a disciple. That's the marker of a Christian. We we submit ourselves to the authority of Scripture. All to be said, now, if we, if we see Scripture for what it is in that view, now we can say, okay, what does it say? Mm-hmm. And now how, how can I change my view of things based on what it says, not how can I make it fit my modern sensibilities? Right, right. Which is the tendency today. Right. Which I don't mean to go that way a little bit, but I, want, I just want to pose, pose these questions up front so that as we're walking through the Bible and Scripture and we're asking these questions, I want us to be thinking about what is the current state of our marriage? What what is our relationship looking like, feeling mm. like? How are we unified? How are we not unified? Where are those tension points? What are our priorities? Why is our intimacy lacking? Those kinds of questions. You know where you know that look and feel of your marriage in its current state. And so let's let's let God's word again bear weight and bring us the true instruction on how we can live and to show us areas that we are maybe not being submissive to it. Uh, and how we can how that 
can liberate us, hmm. I guess, to walk in the ways of God and to have to have that fullness that He's called us in in this life. Um, <clears throat> and the fullness again being, you know, walking with God, not that your your life is problem free or conflict free or anything like that. It's there's a fullness that God gives us yeah. within those hard circumstances as well. Hmm. That's good. And his Bible teaches us that. Yeah. So where do you want to go from here then? Do you want to read this uh, Psalm 78? Or... Yeah, I mean, we were reading, Psalm 78 is, is a long chapter, um, but it is, the whole title of this Psalm is telling, tell the coming generation, hmm. right? So yeah. as parents, and not to step into that role too much, because we will talk about this on Fierce Parenting, but as as parents or people who are like mentoring and, and teaching and stewarding, loving young people, we are responsible to tell the next generation about God, about, you know, it says verse four, um, we will not, or verse two, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. Verse four, we will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation, the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. Mm. And, you know, through each generation, he's established, you know, testimony. So the, the, the things of God were passed down verbally and through narration at first, right? And then they were written down. And so understanding that we need to, we can't shirk this responsibility. If we're not reading our Bible and in our Bible and Mm. we're not teaching that to our children or we're not modeling that, there's going to be a harvest that's going to be coming with that. And it's important for us to just understand, I think, the weight of the Bible here and now and there and then. Like we are sending our children into a place that we will not be. And God's word is alive, and we're going to get into that. It stands the test of time. It is the authority that mm. we are basing and trusting. Yeah, you said something yesterday when we were talking about this, that we, so often we expect the harvest without ever sowing the seed. Right, right? And, right. And, and we do that with God's word. We think, I'm really bad at this too. I'll procrastinate on re- I know I want to go deeper in a certain book. I'll read and I'll get distracted. Mm-hmm. Uh it's just, it's never what I want it to be, right? But if I if I trick myself, right. I can say, I'm going to reap a harvest even though I haven't, you know, opened, cracked my Bible in, in three weeks or right. and in, Galati- in our kids' lives right. or in my wife's life. And in Galatians, I mean, this is, we can just jump in right here. Galatians 6, 7, 9 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So this whole, if we're not in God's Word, if we're not sowing those th- those seeds, of we won't see any growth in God or in the Gospel. We won't see the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And we won't be able to really understand how we can deal with sin in our marriage. Um, we won't be able to understand how we can, like, love each other when we're imperfect, right? Towards mm-hmm. each other. First yeah. Corinthians three, five through nine, again, under this theme of sowing seeds for today for our harvest tomorrow, he says, so this is Paul, he's writing and you know, the Corinthians are like, well, I believe Paul, I believe Apollos. I, you know, they're saying who's better. I believe this one. And he says, verse five, what then is Apollos? What is Paul servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each? I planted Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God gives the growth. He who plants and who he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. And so again, we see 
we are that we need to i don't want this to be um like this prosperity thing but when we sow the seeds when we are doing the things that god has led us and instructed us to do he will provide the growth he is he is the only one that can do that we can't make ourselves grow but we can plant the seeds and planting seeds of reading your bible being in his in his word being around his character absorbing and dwelling like in colossians 3 it says let god's word dwell richly among you there will be fruit of the that time spent that's good uh and that's fine when we say planting seeds i don't want i don't no i don't want clarify. you to kind of like <laughs> what i feel that you kind of cringe because of our kind of past and having been through some of that word of faith stuff and um that's a biblical concept, the seed time and harvest. That's a right. biblical thing. I mean, those cycles are how God has chosen to to make the world function. Right. And so when we, the, the thing is, is when we plant seeds, like we should expect that those seeds will will create some sort of harvest. Mm-hmm. Now, where the where the we can go sideways in prosperity gospels, we start uh, we start kind of applying it to areas that it is never meant to be applied to. Right. So it's not talking about um, it's talking about God's word specifically, sowing God's truth, doing, you know, holding fast and reaping what? Not You're not literally reaping more words because you sowed words into your life. Or right. You're reaping righteousness. Right. And that's the harvest. And so oftentimes we, we expect that or we take for granted our righteousness and we, realize, and we, don't, ap- actually, we don't actually live out right. uh, what it means to be a person regenerate, to be, to be made new by the blood of Christ. And so, um, and that's rep- represented by our lack of reverence or a lack of desire to read more of God's word. Right. right. And again, like if we're, if we're looking at the current state of our marriage and we're, we're seeing some tension points, we're seeing some disconnect, we're go. maybe you are going to God's word and you're like, I don't feel like it's helping me. <laughs> maybe you're just like, I feel like I'm yeah. not reading. I'm not absorbing anything. I'm just let's keep let's keep walking through this friend don't leave us yet like yeah we got that's what we're going to get into right is yeah what so hopefully made a compelling case for why god's word is important right (laughs) if that if the case needed to be made well and i think it's just good for us i mean it was very encouraging for me to do this study of you know god's word is god breathed right in second timothy three he's talking about godlessness in the last days which is again why we need to read scripture and have it dwell in us is to ward off sin and god and godlessness not godliness mm-hmm. sorry godlessness in the last days and it says if you're if you follow have followed my teaching my conduct my aim in life my patience my love my steadfastness um i think this is paul talking indeed all who desire to live a godly life in christ verse 12 Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Um, and all scripture, verse 16, is God is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training and for righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So here again, we see God's word is instructive. I mean, look at Psalms 119. It's talking about how his word is a lamp into our feet. Mm. It's authoritative. It's profitable for training in righteousness. Our, each other, training each other, training our children. The man of God may be complete. I often feel that I am not equipped to share the gospel with people, especially, or to even spare, share spiritual mm. walks with our spouses. How, how do we, sometimes we don't do that. Mm. We're very isolated in those ways. Yeah. And this, the word, God's word is saying that when we are, when we understand like that God's, 
breath, his very words are in this book. There's power in there and wow. it equips us. It, it completes us. There, there's, we're lacking in nothing. Uh, I wanted to hover on one, one point you made that it's profitable for training in righteousness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we hit on the marriage stuff. Okay. Because there's a lot about marriage that isn't, it's not explicitly said. Yes. Right. So there's yes. nowhere in the Bible that says, don't look at pornography. Right. But no one, no one in their right mind would argue that it's okay, therefore, to look at pornography. Right. right. We would say we have God's word that is profitable for training us in righteousness. Mm-hmm. And therefore we know like in good faith that, that lust is, we know lust is bad. We mm-hmm. know that that's what lust looks like. And, and you can make all kinds of art rationalizations for it. Then that's, uh, that's an extreme example, but there are other ways in marriage where it's like, okay, what does it mean to love my wife? Well, what does mm-hmm. it mean to communicate in a healthy, wise way? When right. we use the word healthy, just always interchange, interchange it with wise. <laughs> if you have a wise marriage, you're probably going to have a healthy marriage. If you're a wise husband, you're probably going to be a healthy husband. And so God's word is profitable for training us in those things of righteousness, but not right. just not just how to be wise, but how to actually be holy. Right. And how to act as those who are holy, not not to somehow earn our right, right. standing with God, but because of our right standing with God. Right. And and so that that's where we get into the marriage piece of it. Because marriage is is inherently like a topical study constantly. Yes. Like we're not like reading through first marriage, chapter three, <laughs> second marriage, chapter three. There's right. not these books about marriage. But there's books but about there's the human books heart. About love, about the human heart, about communication, souls. about sex, yes. about uh, about holiness, about yes. forgiveness, about bitterness, about mm. reconciliation, about all these things that matter to us, about right. priorities, yeah. about caring about what God cares about. Those are all in scripture. So, but we don't. We won't know those unless we get to the hard work of mining for that truth right. until we get off of like baby's milk right. and start actually eating some 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 meat yes. for ourselves. Yes. So, and of no. course, the obvious verse uh, that most people would probably think about is Hebrews four twelve through 13, for the word of God is living and active, sharper, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his Mm. sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So I feel like Uh, this can be very, like, this can be a very scary like passage of scripture, right? Or, or but it's one that we gloss over completely and we're like, yeah, 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 we know it's powerful. Right. But I'm just like, this is, this should not scare us. I feel like it should encourage, motivate, assure us, inspire us to know that we are completely known by God, that his word can divide those parts that seem overlapping and gray and you can't yeah. sort through them. Like his word is clear on it. And if we, if we are gray, we need to keep reading it <laughs> because yeah. it is not unclear. Mm. Um, How I, many times have we been, I mean, I know like if I've ever been going through, like I'm confused, or I'm just looking for wisdom. Like if I, if I have the wherewithal and the humility mm. to turn to God's word, mm-hmm. it's, and it's not like this magical thing. Okay. So here's, here's what I don't mean. I don't mean that you're picking up a big fat Bible and just kind of like flipping the pages and point and, you know, closing your eyes and putting your finger on the page right. and saying, this is the God, this is what God has for me. Like that's. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's completely random. Yes, God is sovereign and providence is a real thing and that God could use that. But more often than not, God uses the 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 um the, the providence of your Bible reading plan to help you know what you need to know for today. Mm-hmm. The Bible reading plan that you picked 
three months ago. Right. Well, and <laughs> or, that's the whole seed thing, right? That's the yeah. whole like... But you, you picked it three months ago, but you happened to read this passage today. Right. Because God right. providentially knew like this, and he's not that... Anyway, I don't want to be so like me centered and that like God's always like we just need to go to God's word and and put our weight in it and yeah. let it bear weight on us right. and let it instruct us. And I'm just amazed how how consistently I am faithfully instructed when I look to God's word. Right. Because I mean, this passage, well, God's word is living. So it's alive and active there. The things written in it apply to our hearts, our marriage, our feelings, our mm. emotions, our reality today. Yes, yeah. it was written 2000 years ago, but it is still relevant today as it ever was. I know people probably don't argue that point, but I am amazed. There is there. What other living text does that? Right. Uh, it's active. It, it, there are, it is the best book. Okay. It's sharp and piercing. That's the thing. When it says division of soul and of spirit, that I was like, oh man, I kind of glossed over that. Like, I know there's a difference, but like hearing that, that to know that God's word divides and it shows us how to live in those areas that might be confusing. And it's discerning, like the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. I, I what other book does that? There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing that's hidden from his sight. And we should, we should rest in that and be assured in that, yeah. that this is what his word does. Okay. So we, we've covered a lot of ground here and I want to, I want to kind of rein it back in because it's a marriage podcast and how, What is a married couple supposed to do with this information? So you have a husband or wife who's listening to this in their car or they're working out. Wherever you listen to podcasts and you're thinking, man, I would love to have this affection for God's word. Or I would love if my spouse would have this affection for God's word. Or I I would love it if we could actually have this affection together. And I don't know how to get there. How do we get there? And I think um, the first first step, okay, I don't want to be too prescriptive, but... I'm just going to describe kind of how this could look, okay? The first step starts with understanding why we don't read our Bibles together in the first place, (laughs) right? So why don't, so what is getting in your way, basically? uh, Well, I I think Psalms, I mean, if we're not, Psalm 34 says, taste and see the Lord is good. If we haven't tasted and we haven't seen, then we aren't going to partake, right? Oh, okay, that's a big bomb to drop. Sorry. Because basically you're saying... (laughs) You're saying that if I don't want to read God's word, it means that I've never, never experienced God. No, himself. and that, I'm sorry, you're right. I shouldn't just say that. <laughs> you know me, I'm dropping bombs and walking <laughs> okay. away. And I know what you mean, okay. but I don't want. No, so, no, no. Uh, that's good. That's good because I, I am very guilty of not wanting to read my Bible, and then I'm like, God, I know that I should want to read my Bible, but I still don't want to read my Bible. Right? Like I still have those hard moments of just battling my flesh mm. and saying, you know what? I feel this way. I don't, my desires are not towards this, but this is why it's called devotion, right? This is why I'm still going to go to God's word and I'm just going to read over it. Let it read me. So here's, maybe this is something you don't want to do. This is where that taste and see thing comes in is, you know, like, okay. So we, on Thursdays, when we record the podcast, uh, we, we get to go out to eat. It's kind of like our, our date day, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I had the most amazing hot wings about a month and a half ago <laughs> with like this Louisiana thing going on. And uh-huh. I was like, it was just like a party in my mouth. <laughs> I tasted it. I thought it was good. And you know what happens? Like, you I don't remember back. what it tastes like, but I want that taste again. <laughs> and so what do I do? I place an order. <laughs> I place an order because I know it's going to be good. And I just wait for the goodness to arrive. God's word to hot wings. It says taste and see. It, I mean, <laughs> like tasting is something okay, you put something okay. in your mouth. So, 
So I think it's a it's an apt comparison or apt an apt analogy anyway. It's true. So it's true. I I don't know. So that's that's part of it. There's is there's a faith aspect. Like Absolutely. I'm I'm faith I'm trusting yeah. that those hot wings are going to be good. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm trusting that they're going to be like they were last time. I'm trusting that they will sustain. I'm trusting they're going to sustain me in some yeah. some level. Yeah. And so obviously God's word is is different. It's set right. apart from that. But we go to it knowing that I tasted it before. Yeah. I know it's going to be good. I don't have an appetite for it right now, but right. I know it's going to be good. Well, and if there are any new believers, you know, sometimes there's there is also. I mean, e- even I have this. Like I have a fear that I, I'm not going to be able to understand it well, or I'm not smart enough. Um, to really draw out like what what it's saying all the time like going into the old testament or you know going to that scripture plan and reading through the different but i mean even the small the smartest theologians would say like i'm still it's alive in my it's still alive that's what i'm I'm saying this is that's what i'm saying it's it's a lie that we kind of believe or we fall into is saying hey i'm afraid i i don't think i can understand this enough so i'm just not gonna read it you know i just i'll just read a, a psalm or proverb every day and just call it good right <clears throat> and I There's, think sometimes we can be afraid to approach hard, hard passages that we like. It's it's all it's basically what you're saying, but specifically hard passages. Like read the book of Numbers and try to and like try to understand what's happening there. Well, Lamentations, <laughs> Leviticus. Is, yeah, and those those are tough. Those are tough yeah, but books there's, to read. There's, there's lessons, there's themes, there's... Uh-huh. And if you read like the godliness. beginning of Romans and you have to deal with what's happening in the beginning of Romans and, and what what... Uh, that what weight that bears on our culture today right. and you have to say okay i have this dissonance between what culture says is right and what the bible says is right mm. what am i going to believe mm. so a lot of times we have a we have fear around it or or if we don't trust god's word we'll read those passages and say something's wrong with this right something's wrong with this book because that's not the god i know right. and here's i have i have news for you you might not know god as well as you think you do at mm. that point and so that's where we need to look at god's word and submit ourselves to it yeah and maybe let it change us instead of us changing it. Right. I'm on a soapbox, but this this is what tends to happen. And as we get more and more, like as Christianity kind of certain factions of Christianity try to be more like the world for the mm. sake of like winning the world, they lose they lose the truth of God. Oh, and so, anyway, we can't be afraid to right. approach God's word, even the hard stuff. Right. And all I can say is that. He is faithful. His word is true, and it is in, it is completely consistent. Right. So don't shy away from it because it's not shy. It doesn't need you to defend it. Right. Uh, all you need to do is 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 let it be the authority. Right. Authority. And and mine through it together. Right. This is what yeah. we're trying to do. So there's there's I think there's like three lies here. There are things that we tend to not yeah. believe. Yeah. Uh, I'd say four. So fear can can inhibit us. Quote unquote. No time. We don't have time to read it, which sounds kind of silly, right? We're either too distracted and we've, or we've had too many things going on and we have no margin. Um, and that, I, that's a priority question right there. It is. And I would, and I would argue it's a, um, it's a desire question because you make time for what matters. Right. And you. that's, that's what yeah. I was saying. That was probably, those could probably go hand in hand was no yeah. time, no need and no desire. So no desire, of course, you're not going to make time for what you don't desire, but we, if you don't desire it, you're not seeing the value in it. We don't believe that it really connects us to the Lord or helps us understand the things of God in a deeper way. Um, and again, if we don't value it or desire it, we won't see the need for it. Right. Yeah. Our, our marriage is good. Life is good. Things are going all yeah. right. We don't really, I mean, mm, I'll read the Bible okay. when things are going bad and it's like, <laughs> so we, we don't should always be reading the Bible, we don't right? Go to... I'm preaching to myself. First of all. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just so everybody knows. Well, I woke like, up this Selena, morning. Why are you not? I woke up this morning being like, I need to read the Bible more. 
I'm I'm a huge sinner. I need the Bible. <laughs> so like we're preaching to ourselves, but we don't go to God's word for the same reason we don't pray. It's because we don't think we need it. We yeah. don't think we need him or we mm. think we have all that we've ever, you know, or we we're think good. we've just we've reached kind of this homeostasis of it's our like coasting, yeah. Yeah, and and I think that's that's a position worth checking um yes. in our own hearts, yes. in our own pride and our own self-reliance and so let's get a yeah. little bit tangible here of how we can begin to read scripture together. So maybe you don't do it. As a couple. As yeah. a couple, yes. We've we've made the case for the importance of it. We've made the case for, you know, there here are some reasons why you may not to hopefully help you identify some things that uh, are some areas that might you yeah. might be believing and there you're operating in, in some lies there. Um, so how do we read scripture together? I think the best way to get started is to read it aloud together. Yeah. Um, there's just something, I know it sounds elementary, it sounds childish, but honestly, there's something How? awesome I mean, about reading scripture aloud together. I'm going to push well, back on that because I don't think that's childish or elementary at all. I don't think it is all. either. I think I it's think exactly it's, how the early church read scriptures. I'm on your side. I'm just saying there might be some people that think that, and well, I'm going to win them over and okay. say it's the best way to read the Bible is reading it aloud it's together. It's the way it was meant to be read, and that's the beautiful thing of it. And that's I, good. And there you go. So we tend to internalize it, and we think, oh, I've got my app. I'm just going to sit on, you know on this bench for three minutes and read the script. No, like it should be read out loud. It should be proclaimed. Yes. It's, it's the revelation. It's the good news yes. of the salvation of God's people. Let's proclaim it. So, uh, I mean, obviously you're going to read it by yourself sometimes. That's fine. And that's the majority. <laughs> you are allowed. You're allowed. Like <laughs> what I'm saying is like, if anything, feeling, reading it silently should feel strange is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yes. Reading it aloud should feel like the most normal thing for us to yes. do with it. The next point I want to say is memorize scripture. And I laugh at my notes because I was like, oh, Psalm 119. And there's like, that's like the longest Psalm of all of them. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, don't memorize that. But it's Psalm 119, nine through 12. But it says, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? Mm. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. So, that whole title of Psalm 119 is your word is a lamp to my feet. So memorizing scripture is going to bring us back to it consistently because our minds have to memorize it. It's Mm. going to stay in our hearts so that we are not, it's going to guard our hearts. It's going to guard our minds. It's going to instruct our hearts and our minds. There's so many benefits to memorizing scripture and there are apps you can do that on. There are songs that you can do it to. There's, so many ways that you don't have to just sit there and like go through it each day, right? You can. That's an awesome way. But like there are fun ways, I guess, to yeah. walk through that. Okay. So I'll just quick recap here uh, how to begin reading scripture together. The first way, read it aloud. Uh, if you're looking for a place to start, start in John, mm-hmm. uh, John 1. Just read through the book of John. <laughs> or read, you know, is that part of the chat? Yeah. <laughs> or good. or read like one of the epistles, which is Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. And there's also uh, Romans and there's First and Second Corinthians. Those are all good places to start. Mm-hmm. Don't start with Romans. It's a little heady if, you, if you're new to this. Start with Philippians is a really good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's the first one. Sorry, I got, I, got a, I got on a tangent there. So... How to begin reading scripture together. Read aloud. Start in those places. Memorize scripture. Start with something that uh, that just jumps out at you. And the second one, or the third one, excuse me, mm-hmm. is study. So pick a book or a chapter of the Bible and go through it together. Set aside a part of time. This is discipleship, you guys. Right. And so discipleship, when you're discipling each other, is you just sit down and say, all right, we're going to pray. God, help us to see your word for mm-hmm. what it is. 
help us to see ourselves for who we are in light of who you are. Right. Help open our hearts, open our minds to your word right now as we read it together. And so then you 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 pick the passage and you read through a set number of verses. It could be a whole chapter. It could well, be just a few verses. Yeah, and that's what I, I think this, when, I, when we say study, so read aloud together, memorize it, and then study a passage of scripture, either a book or a chapter, and stay in it for a consistent amount of time. Like set, okay, we're going to go, th- we're going to go through Colossians for a month. It's four chapters, not super long. But the more you go back to it and the more time passes and life happens, the richer it becomes. Mm. And so that's what I'm saying about studying it. And and there are different ways to study it, too. Like sometimes we Is this just like a daily thing or do you do this monthly? Or, I mean, I'd weekly say weekly. Or I would say weekly. You set some time aside and discuss it because that's more consistent. If you want to do it daily, that's awesome. I think that a weekly, hey, when we're on a date or when we're going to have time, you know, alone, let's talk about this. Mm. And there you can there's plenty of studies and questions out there if you really want to ask questions but i i think just being together and being god's word together is great yeah if you're wondering you know how do we get started i mean should we read lots together i mean there's different ways of reading the bible you can just sometimes you're just in it and you're you're just taking it all in reading lots of chapters taking big long passages right um kind of staying shallower i would say and just allowing god's word to kind of pour over you and then there's also those moments which I think would be good for our, you know, your marriage to just dive into scripture, dive deeper into it, which is what yeah. I would say studying it together looks like of picking a, you know, a book or a chapter and mulling over it over a certain period of time and coming back to it. So it really depends on your state season of life too. Yeah. Um, if if you don't have kids in the house, then you've probably got a little bit more calm time to sit and study a book (laughs) (laughs) and a book of the Bible. Yeah. If you've got, I mean, we have three kids, six and under Yeah. and they're very lively and lovely and we like hanging out with them. And we just, it's probably not the time for us to sit down for three hours a day (laughs) and study God's word, but it is a good time for us to, after, after they're in bed, talk through what God is teaching us. And so, I mean, and we can also model it to our kids and we do read scripture with our children, not to say that we aren't, I'm sure people know that, but it's also a good thing to be modeling to your kids, read it aloud and maybe just read a few passages and talk about it. Ask your kids about it. Ask them to say it back to you and tell them you're going to ask them questions. It's one of the best ways for them to be able to hook their minds onto what is being taught is when they have to repeat it back to you. So there, there are hundreds of ways you could go about this. I think the bottom line is if if you're a couple and you know that you you need to rely more on God's word and you want to go deeper in God's word, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to go about the work of sowing those seeds and you're going to have to go about the work of making the time yeah. and setting aside the energy for the study. And the, here's the beautiful thing. Any verse I've ever memorized, it's it's borne so much weight or so, excuse me, it's borne so much fruit in my life. Yeah. In the form of faith, in the form of ministering to you, my wife, ministering to friends, ministering to our kids. Right. It's it never builds, been a waste of my time. Right. I mean, we're, yeah. you build unity, you build your friendship, you know, you're, you're searching and you're digging for things together. You're, under, you're growing in wisdom and understanding together. I mean, what's more unifying than that? And mm. so not just, I mean, I don't want to, so here's down, an example. I don't want to downplay what you say about like, if you think you need to read scripture, if you're having problems in your marriage, read the Bible, <laughs> which, so you're, everybody's having problems. It's just like always to good, it the needs Bible. to be the warm fire that we, that we huddle yes, around yes. anytime for the entirety of our lives. Yes. We huddle around God's word. That's what we do. Now here's, here's a quick example. Uh, then we'll, then we'll call it an episode, I think. But, uh, 
this Psalm Psalm one nineteen. How can a young man keep his way pure? Okay, so we're reading this together. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm, I'm role playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we sit down. We're reading. We say let's read once. Let's let's read a few verses out of Psalm one nineteen together. Mm-hmm. We've got fifteen minutes. Let's talk through this. Okay. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Stop. Okay, so what does it mean for a young man to keep his way pure? What is that obeying God's law? Is that sexual purity? Is that integrity? What is that? Mm-hmm. So you talk through what that what what scripture is telling us mm-hmm. in that based on what you know or about Psalms, based on what you know about Solomon and David and the mm-hmm. Psalmists. Okay. With my whole heart, or by guarding it, so I'll keep my way pure, by guarding it according to your word. Okay, so how do we guard our way according to God's word? How do we keep our way pure? By, and so we start asking these questions. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, we guard it by staying in God's word. We guard mm-hmm. it by regarding God's word as right. the authority in our lives. Okay, so with my whole heart, I will seek you. How do we seek him with our whole heart? So we just go line by line, just ask these questions. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you've had this amazing conversation you know this passage better than you ever did 15 minutes later Mm -hmm. and you're in unity about it Mm -hmm. on it Mm -hmm. so i don't know it's amazing how god's word just again comes to life because it it addresses all of the issues that we're dealing with in our marriage it addresses the lack of you know intentionality lack of margin wrong priorities you know impurity that we're dealing with so i you know we can't make any more of a case obviously to read god's word but i i Thank you for running through that. I think it's very instructive to model that and to talk yeah. about that. And I find it helpful to just from a from a big kind of uh, perspective. I find it helpful to have something going on from the Gospels, so mm-hmm. like John, and then maybe bounce into like maybe one of the wisdom books, like Psalms, or that's a mm-hmm. worship book, or like Proverbs, mm-hmm. right? As something really practical. And then get some of the Old Testament stuff and then maybe sprinkle in the epistles, right? And so there's the epistles are the New Testament letters. Right. So if you're reading, you're getting kind of an, a big overview of it. It's one thing to say, okay, Genesis 1. In the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning. And you know what? That's great. If you have the fortitude to do that, go for it. But it's hard. It's hard reading the book front to back. Cover to cover, yeah. Cover to cover because there are some, you get into Right, and there's reading Leviticus plans that you can do, numbers. like, you it can read really chronologically. Um, there are reading plans that I'm actually still trying to f- continue. I'm continuing in, but um, I think it was Spurgeon, was it Spurgeon that said, like, visit many good books, but live in the Bible? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so I, but all to say is don't get overwhelmed. Don't, don't think we have to be in five different places at once. I'm just saying right, that right, right, right. it's helpful to understand the greater context. It's helpful oh, to know... Sure. Like when you're reading Ruth, like where is Ruth happening in the life of the Israelites? And right. what, where does Ruth sit in the history of God's people? Right. If you don't know that stuff, you can still read it, but it's it's going to be... It's going to be so much more powerful if you There's, do. And there are great study, bi- study Bibles out there. We, I like my ESV study Bible the best. It also has maps. I know it sounds nerdy, but maps honestly, are awesome. you gotta know. geography has brought so much more to life for me in the oh, Bible. for sure. Knowing geography, knowing where you know ancient boundaries were, where they are today, and finding it, it just brings it to life. So... If you're a map person, if you're not, look at a map, read the Bible. It's it's powerful. It's well, yeah, when you, when you when you know Paul's in Rome writing a letter, yeah, to another church, you, it's helpful to know where the church is. And you right. can be like, okay, so this letter somehow traveled by courier from Rome to like modern day Turkey, right, right, or wherever yeah. wherever the you know Philippi was or Col- Colossae was. Yeah. So it's really helpful, and but the bottom line it's is, you kind of got for your marriage. It's, it's so enriching, so you guys, good. and and it's but. It, like there's not really a quick fix. It's easier than it's ever been. 
but it's but nothing's going to replace just making it a priority absolutely so those are some hopefully some practical tools there were a lot in there um why don't you go ahead and pray us out yeah uh quick reminder i will um quick reminder check out uh um fierce parenting on facebook instagram and twitter we're going to be talking about this kind of stuff um Mm -hmm. either through the blog or through another i don't know we'll see another podcast uh we'll see what happens we don't know (laughs) But we're going to be talking about this stuff and how to do it as parents and how to instruct our kids in it and and how to root ourselves in God's word as parents. But that's all going to be happening on the fierce parenting side of things. Mm. It's now there's two sides. There's fierce fierce marriage and fierce parenting. Um, so anyway, we hope you will join us there. And uh, yeah, let me pray for us. All right. God, I'm so thankful for your word. And I'm just in awe of your goodness and revealing it to us and giving it to us and mm. um and it's so accessible to us today, more than ever before in all of history. So God, I pray that you would help us to seize that that realization, to seize this moment that we live in, and to know that there's, there's no greater opportunity to know your word, to know you, and to see your face. But at the same time, there's no greater opportunity for distraction, God. Mm-hmm. So I pray that you would be make us wise people, make us into people of your word, uh, help us to be hungry for your word, and we thirst for your righteousness. God, and I pray that you would uh, give us discernment, and I pray that you'd help us to run away from meaningless distractions, God, mm. and all in favor of knowing you more, but also uh, being wise stewards of this life you've given us. These moments are fleeting. Mm. So anyway, I pray for the couples who are struggling, that you would um, that you would enliven their hope, enliven their faith, and I pray that they would look to you, Jesus, for everything they need, mm. and that they would find all they need and all, all of their satisfaction in you, Christ. And by your grace, God, may you heal marriages, mm. may you reconcile spouses, and may you be glorified as a result. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast, and thank you for enduring my... Um, Somewhat like slow start there. Like I feel like I was a little bit slow, slow out the gate, but it's all good. God is good. Yes. God is good. So as usual, uh, this episode is in the can. And we will see you in about seven days. And until next time, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com, or you can find us with our handle at FierceMarriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.